What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Compassionate Viking Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Stanaway, and we are here live today with an epic episode about my retreat that I recently endured down in Costa Rica. It was the most incredible, wild, life-changing experience of my life, and I cannot wait to get into it. First off, before we get into the main podcast, 
I want to talk to you guys about the Viking herb of the day. It's been a while, but when I was in Costa Rica, I came across this tree sap. I cannot remember the name of the tree. I know it's in Africa. I want to say it's Boswella or Boswala. I could be wrong, but it's frankincense. It's an herb or a, I guess an herb. I knew it as an essential oil, but when you chew on it and you think about it, what it tastes like and you, you vision it being like gold dripping and it goes into your saliva and goes down and cleans out wherever you have ickiness or, or, you know, upset stomach or whatever, man, it works super freaking well. So that is something that I am going to purchase and have a little stash of so that I can continue to chew on some herbs that help me as a plant ally. And not only that, it really relaxes me. Like when I lay down at nighttime, I chew on a little chunk and I just close my eyes and I I drop into my heart space and I take a deep breath you know, I breathe in as, as deep as I can, as slow as possible, and then I exhale. And as I do this, after a couple minutes, I become fucking zen, you guys. And so I thought that I should at least tell you guys about some of the cool little tri- uh, tricks and tips and, and other ways to use our plant friends in our daily lives. So that is tree sap from, I believe, the Boswalla tree. But you can look it up as frankincense. Um, You don't want the essential oil. Well, I take that back. You can use the essential oil, but you you don't ingest the essential oil. I'm talking about the actual tree sap. So, biking herb of the day is frankincense. It's awesome. I highly suggest it. Now... I was just in the jungle for 10 days down in Costa Rica. It's the first time I'd ever been down to that country. And I went to a retreat put on by We The Medicine, who the founders are David and Janine Price. I personally had never met David, although I had talked to him on the phone and I have mutual friends who have met him. He's came up to my jujitsu gym before. Like we have tight connections, but I never personally got to meet him or his wife. And turns out they're fucking rad and I love them. And I can't wait to continue to connect and share energy with them for the rest of my life. Because what they gave me in that 10 days down in the jungle was absolutely priceless. Now, I guess I should just leave that for down the road in the podcast and tell you guys about my friend who makes handmade drums and rattles. If any of you guys would like to purchase handmade drums and rattles with hide from either buffalo or elk or deer, um, she has all sorts of different types of I guess skins, hides to to make instruments. You know, you don't need much to make an instrument, but these instruments definitely have an energy to them. They have a life, they have a spirit, and there's something about them that makes them absolutely special. 
So if you're interested in that, please get a hold of me. I'll let you contact her f- from me as I don't really want everyone blowing up her phone. She's a busy woman. So go ahead and get a hold of me at compassionatevikingpodcast at gmail.com. And also, if anybody would like to work with me one-on-one, remembering how to unlock our powers, finding clarity in our life, finding soul purpose, healing our energetic selves, finding our true authentic selves, dealing with traumas, wounds, wanting to learn the runes, wanting to be able to, I guess, harness powers that have been suppressed for the last 2,000 years that I have remembered how to use. Obviously, I don't know everything, but I do know some things, and I know that there's many people out there who are searching for something more, and if you are inclined to do so, get a hold of me. I would love to work with you. I have been working with people every single week and watching their lives dramatically change for the better for the better i think each and every one of them could say that their life is better that doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't hard things involved with it but in the whole the greater perspective they're very grateful to have unlocked more clarity and more direction so that they can continue following their true magnetic or their true magnetic north their true purpose so once again if you would like that if you'd like to talk to me contact me compassionate viking podcast at gmail.com if you'd like to work with a sponsor i would be more inclined to do that if we represent the same thing but if it's something that i have no idea about hey if it's cool and i think it's rad i'd love to support you as well so let's get on with the show Okay, first things first. Why would someone even want to go to a retreat down to a different country? Well, like I said, I longed for something more. I had been longing for something more. I knew there was something more than just putting on shoes and pants every day to go to a job to pay bills until I can retire and then die and rot in the grave. I've just always known that since I was a little kid. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you know I've been on this this journey, this path, whatever you want to call it. I don't like to put a name on it. I don't know what an enlightenment is. I don't know. I don't really know much. However, I know what spirituality is at this point, and that is the path that I have chosen to walk upon as I believe that that is the path of ascension. And to be honest, as a human, I believe the human experience is that path. That is the only path, whether you know you're on it or not, that's not up for debate. The thing is, we're all on the path, and the sooner that we can learn that we're on the path, the sooner we can actually continue following where it leads, for where it leads is absolute magic, and I didn't know that. So I had the opportunity to go to the jungle. Now, there was some people who... I knew already was going to be going to the jungle. My friend Chris Packney, who's been on my podcast before, I knew he was going there. I knew David and Janine obviously are down there hosting it, and I couldn't wait to see them and meet them. I knew that my buddy Johnny Martinez out in Wisconsin was going, 
And even though we've only got to hang out a couple of times, uh, just here and there when he flew up to do, I think, Guns and Geese, or maybe it was Joao's 50 white belts versus one black belt or something. I can't remember what it was. But other than that, we haven't really got to spend much time together. I got to bring my mom with me. She got to come as I asked her, you know, a couple months ago. I said, hey, mom, I'm going to go to the jungle to go and heal and learn more and remember more about myself and become an even better version of me. And I would really like it if you would come with because I feel that we have a deep spiritual connection that hasn't necessarily been severed, but it's definitely been like tattered and torn. And I'd like to mend it. I'd like to become close again, and I'd like to reconnect our spirituality and that deep, deep bond that I feel like we once had when I came out of your womb. And so she ended up saying yes. My mother had never done any type of plant medicine, any type of psychedelics. I don't think she's gone to therapy or anything like that. So this is way, way, way out of the ballpark for her. However, she said yes. So she came. A buddy of mine who I haven't talked with in 12 years, who I used to work with when I was young, down in Bellevue, Washington, he got a hold of me and wanted to come. Now his, now it's his ex-wife, but his ex-wife, who I also hadn't talked to in 12 years, was listening to my podcast and she said that she wanted to go to a ceremony and so she went and I happened to be at that one and it changed her life. So then through the grapevine, obviously she went back home to her kids and her, her husband who is my buddy, Nick, and he wanted on the path. So he got a hold of me and he went down there. So now there's a group of us. I was really excited to meet everyone and to be able to watch everyone heal and remember who they were and, 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 just blossom, not be stuck in the mud anymore, not be miserable, to remember how cool this life is, how much magic there there actually is in this world when you can stop limiting your own beliefs. When I can stop limiting my own beliefs, anything is possible. The only reason something isn't possible is because I put a governor on it. I tell myself that it's not. So, first night. We get down there, we fly down there. We had to stay a little bit early um, because we needed to be at the airport at a certain time in the morning and due to flights and time and travel and all that shit, it just didn't work out. So we showed up a night before, had a little hotel room. It was me, my mom, Johnny, oh, and Christy. Christy Campbell, who I also went down there with. She traveled with my mom and I. She's from my jujitsu gym. She's a purple belt. She's a very good friend. Um, I love her very much. So it was us four. And we just talked about stuff. Got to know each other. And in the morning time, we went to the airport. We got in the shuttle. We met everyone there. There was people from... There's other Vikings from Norway. It was Tim, Marco, and Michael. They were rad human beings, and they're fucking hilarious. I love the Norwegians, man. God, I miss you guys. There was two women from London. 
who I also enjoyed very, very much. I miss you girls. I hope you're doing well. If you listen to this podcast, just know I think about you every day and I send you as much love as I possibly can. There was people from all over the country. I had like a, a soul brother named Michael. He's like uh, he's connected as far as the Vikings in us. There was... Um, I'm drawing a blank right now, but police officers. There was just your normal everyday person. There was David Hay, who's the heavyweight world boxing champion or he was and so we're all in the same spot it doesn't matter where you came from it doesn't matter if you work at subway or you're the world heavyweight boxing champion we're all in the jungle doing the same thing and we're in the shuttle and we're driving there and i look out over to my left and i'm looking out at the mountains And before I ever got to Costa Rica, the first couple of weeks leading up to it, I had this deep, deep feeling that there's something in the jungle waiting for me. I don't know what it is, but it's very important that I go to this jungle and either deal with something, obtain something, learn something, remember something. I don't know exactly what it is. I just know that there's something in the jungle And at the specific place that I'm going to, that I have to go there for. And that's why this is all lined up at this time. Because now's the time for me to deal with it. Well, I look out at the mountains and I see beauty. And all of a sudden, this immense emotion comes over me. And this immense emotion is sorrow and I want to weep but there's 20 other people in this shuttle and I am in the very front row right right behind the driver so no one can see me my mom's sitting to the right of me she's a little bit concerned she's like what's going on I'm like I have these emotions I don't want to deal with she's like well why not and I don't want to talk about it I understand how this works. I understand how to do alchemy. I get how to transmute my energy with inside from lead to gold. Let me deal with it. And I can tell that my fight or flight, my amygdala, my dragon inside of me, doesn't want to deal with the emotion. It wants to suppress it and say, yeah, we're not going to do that right now. However, my soul is like, no, dude, you got you to go in. You got to figure out what's happening right now. And so I kept looking out at the mountains and all of a sudden I just started crying. I just started bawling. I put my hands in my face and I just sobbed and I wept and I knew exactly what it was. I wasn't worried about what the people thought behind me. I wasn't worried about anything. The only thing I was concerned about was healing the past and what it was (laughs) this is going to seem bizarre to a lot of people but in 1945 i killed myself i don't know i don't know where it was all i know is that i walked out of work one day i had i had like a business suit on or khakis and a button-up shirt 
I had a brown briefcase that looked like my Shruti box. And I was walking in some type of downtown area, whether it was New York or Chicago. It was a big city. I walked out of work. I never came home. And what brought it up was the night before in the hotel, there was this ticking noise that I kept hearing. Tick, 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 tick. And it brought me back to when I was a little kid. I used to spend the night at my grandma's house or anyone's house. And if there was a clock that I could hear ticking, it needed to be taken out of the room. Because that tick would tick my mind away. And it would drive me insane. While in the hotel, that tick was there. And then when I was looking at the jungle and I was going through this, there was this tick. Tick, tick, tick. And it's the ticking of my life. Until boom. And I realized that Vanessa was my wife. I had a wife. We had no kids. And when I left that work, or when I left work that day, and I never came home, I don't know how I killed myself. And it doesn't really matter. I don't need to know. I just know that I did it. And my, and my wife, Vanessa, waited and waited and waited for days. Only to come to the conclusion that I was never coming home. And it broke her. It broke her. And she didn't last long after that. And then she waited for me to be born. Which if you, if you listen to her Aya episodes of her first ceremony, she watched me be born. And then she chose me again. And I chose this and my dad because I needed to have my dad commit suicide for the same reasons that I did of feeling inadequate or that nothing I did was good enough or it was the breaking point. There was no way out so that I could feel what I did in my last life and learn my lesson. And so I did. And I dealt with the fa my father and I know what that does. And now I've dealt with my own past life. And I've told Vanessa. And therefore, I learned the lesson. And now, me and her don't have this deep trust issue that couldn't be healed in this lifetime. Because it wasn't from this lifetime. It was from the previous lifetime. And with that being said, we now have Tinsley. We have kids this time because our souls chose everything and we are just playing it out as actors in a film. So I healed that by myself and mind you, this isn't under medicine. You don't need to be under medicine to heal yourself. We are self healing machines. Your body creates itself from a sperm and an ovary and it created this thing that can fucking do magical stuff. Of course it can heal itself. You just have to figure out how to do it. We must remember. So, I heal myself on the way there, which I know that had to happen on the way there because I wasn't supposed to have to deal with that once I got to the jungle. That needed to be healed prior to going to the jungle so that when I got to the jungle, I could learn what I was supposed to learn. 
We get to the jungle. And it is a beautiful place. We're greeted by Ishelle, who is the medicine woman and owner of the land. There was David, there was Janine, there was Chris, there was Ren, and and all these beautiful souls working around. That place was absolutely magical. I'm not going to go into every single detail as my buddy Johnny has his Warrior Healers podcast and he went over his experience and he did an exceptional job at the storyline, the details, the fine print, how each day went, you know, he, he did a very, very good job at relaying the experience in full detail. I, however, have way too many fucking thoughts that go through my mind as I cannot stay on track long enough to actually give you like an instructional manual. I have to just let spirit move through me and whatever fucking comes out, comes out, and I'll do my very best to stay grounded and give you my very best knowledge and wisdom on what I obtained and what my experience was like. So, <clears throat> with that being said, we didn't take, we didn't ingest plant medicine for a couple days after we were there. But, like I said, you don't need to drink plant medicine to get medicine. Medicine is anything that makes you feel better or anything that works on your emotions or energetic system, whether it's nature or music or food or meditation or plants or swimming water the sun like fire candles smudging bones stones whatever it is the stars it's all medicine man it's all fucking medicine so we did have some workshops i'd wake up i'd go to yoga with everybody the yoga studio was impeccable it was up on top of the jungle mountain you'd watch the sunrise there's statues of Kali, I think is what her name is. Janine put on an amazing morning routine. She'd sing and we'd dance and, and it was just fucking beautiful. I can't even describe in words how awesome <laughs> that experience was. Like I said, if you want more detail, go to Johnny's podcast. It's the Warrior Healers podcast. I think it's like self-mastery Costa Rica Aya retreat or something. You'll find it on there. It's one of the most recent ones. Then we would go back and we would do different meditations. We'd do different workshops. We would do ecstatic dances. We would um, do EFT tapping, which uh, uh, whether it's EFT tapping or transcendental meditation or, or authentic personal workshops, it's all ways that we can self-heal different types of modalities to do different things and to keep ourselves aligned and keep our energetic body working at full function i learned a ton in just that amount of time i learned a ton about intention 
about spelling and spellcraft. For instance, one of the things that I learned down there is that us humans love to say, I'm sorry. Well, when you say, I'm sorry, what you're saying is that I have sorrow. Now, when you bumped into somebody at the grocery store, do you actually have sorrow about that? When you spilled your french fries on the ground and you say, oh, I'm sorry, or you spilled someone else's, do you really have sorrow? No. And so we've built this habit in our subconscious of walking around saying, I'm sorry. And what you say affects your reality. It's called spelling for a reason, because they are spells. And when you cast them, which is what we are doing all day long, whether you like it or not, whether you think it's the devil or not, if you are speaking, you are spelling. And if you are spelling, you're casting spells. So what I want to do is become very conscious and very aware of what spells I cast throughout the day, as I do not want to be casting curses, because curses goes against what I believe to be the correct thing. Now, I'm not saying that I'm right or wrong. That's just my shit. And I feel that love is better. So I'm not going to say I'm sorry and cast sorrow upon myself so that I walk around with my head hung low and my shoulders jumped forward, staring at my shoelaces. What I'm going to say is I apologize because I do. It was an accident. It was unintentional. I did not mean to do it. I don't have fucking sorrow because of it. However, I do apologize. It was an accident. Now, if somebody gets into a bad accident, if somebody's loved one dies, if one of my loved one dies, if one of your loved one dies, a dog, you know, something's real, real traumatic, then I would say I'm sorry because I do carry sorrow for that. It's not my sorrow to carry. But I have sorrow knowing that another brother or sister on this earth is having to go through a hard time. However, I will not sit in my sorry and swim in my sorrow. I would say I am sorry. And I would like to transmute that sorrow into love and harmony, and power and light and magic and bliss and beauty. And so it is. Choo-choo-choo. Send the fucking vibration out, man. Change the energy. Transmute it. Be a magician like you're supposed to. So that was something that was pretty deep to me. Because now as I speak, as I walk, as I listen, as I observe, I can see the spells. And a lot of us are casting curses. Not only upon the world but mostly upon ourselves. And when we chain and bind ourselves to our own curses, we imprison our little alchemical child that lives in our soul. And when we murder ourselves like that, we have to live in misery. So one of the things that I learned down there, or remembered how to do down there, was to save ourselves. So that we don't have to live in misery because that's not the truth. The truth is life is not supposed to be hard. The truth is life works very <laughs> nice. It runs like a well-oiled machine. And when we remember how to get back into the flow 
and the rhythm of the natural cycle, the world would become more magical and beautiful than you've ever imagined. Now, when we're down there, we started connecting deeply with the other human beings because the people down there were already on the healing path. Like, there was a couple new new souls to the journey, but for the most part, there was there was a lot of people already on the journey for a while. And that helped tremendously on getting people to open up and take down their armor and become vulnerable and actually talk about the real problems. So, we went down to, or let's say, we went up to the river. On Yakamama, it, it's, um, I think, like 93 acres or something like that, and it's an eco-village. So, there's no hot water. There's no, um, you know, ice in your, your water. Every shower is cold. I slept in a tent. Um. Only outdoor bathrooms, no doors. You'd be sitting there taking a shit and be just looking out into the jungle and a nine-inch fucking locust comes and starts flapping around your face. And at first, (laughs) it was a little wild. But by the time I left, man, it was so fucking cool. It was so cool. God, I love that place. Such a blessing to be able to experience such majestic things i guess i don't even know what to say about it we went up to the river it's known as Yak- yakamama the spirit the the water spirit and this yakamama village is in the root chakra of the the mountain system you know everything has an energy system and this particular area that we were staying in was the root chakra of the, of the energetic system of the mountain. And the waters there are known for the purest of pure. They're the cleanest waters that you can get. They come straight out of the mountain. They're a primary water source. It's structured. It's living. It's fourth density. It's all the things that I've talked about in previous podcasts about what water is. The original chat GP or GPT, or whatever whatever it's called, the AI system. Water is the original one. It holds memory. It's conscious. Stick your hand next to a, a glass of water, and then go freeze it, and come back in the morning, and see what it looks like. Ask it a question, and go freeze the water, and come back in the morning, and see what it looks like. You'd be surprised at what you're going to see. I bet it blows your fucking mind I bet you got smoke rings blowing out your mind when you see what's going to happen. It's wild. And the only reason why you wouldn't try it is because you don't believe it would would be true. But what do you have to lose? One of the things that we need to remember is that we cannot learn if we already know. For if you already know, what is there to learn? As I progress down this road, I realize I don't know shit. As soon as I think I know something... The universe is like, bam, and I go, what the fuck is going on? I guess I don't know. I know more than I did, but I still don't know. 
I'm learning every single day. I have way open mind at this point. Nothing is out of the realm of possibility. Everything is possible. Another spelling. We say impossible. Well, when you look at the spelling of impossible, it actually says I'm possible. But in order to manifest, you have to have the intention, which is the thought, aligned with the feeling, which is the emotion. And when those two combined, you have electricity and electromagnetism and it manifests into the 3D reality. So when we say it's impossible, we have been told through indoctrination as a lie. We have a curse put on us that makes us think impossible is negative, that it's a negative connotation. We have an emotion attached to it of a limiting belief. That's impossible when it in reality, that is a complete inversion of what it actually is where it says, I'm possible, and you attach a positive, loving, grateful emotion to it, and now there is no possibility because you stripped away your limiting beliefs. It's all programs. You are a biological computer. You are super advanced, and your mind runs programs, and when your thoughts and emotions line up together, it creates your reality. So if you are the creator of your own reality, that means that you can change the script at any given fucking time. And that means that we can retract these curses that have been put on us and cast good, nice spells and say, I'm possible. And one of the things with that is that when you truly believe that and you have intention, your life will really, really become better. I mean, that's the, that's the truth. It just becomes better. So we go up to this river and we get our water blessings. The Yakamama, she's known for the, for the, yeah, like I said, the water spirit. And Yakamama is like a giant water snake that cleanses and purifies and is, is vicious and loving. And so we go up there and you get in this water and it's just magical. You ask it to release all these emotions, purify you, talk to it. You know, the, the, the original way is that everything has consciousness. Everything, whether it's the table or the floor or the tree or your buddy or your dog, the candle. Everything has consciousness. And what does that mean? It means that everything can be interacted with. I want to say communicated with, but it's not really, it's more interact and when you know that the water is living and it has a spirit and it's structured, you ask it to cleanse you of all the things that no longer serve you. All the things that are holding you down to release control and let go of everything that no longer serves you. And to purify you and fill you up down to your cellular structure down to the molecular atoms and revitalize you with life force energy beauty light and love and I command you to do so and so it is and you fucking let it happen and man I swear you can feel it go out 
You can feel it go out. All you got to do is talk to the nature. Sure, people are going to think you're crazy. I don't care. People can think I'm crazy. I know what happens. They're crazy for not doing it. I would rather look crazy and live this life than pretend it is crazy and then be miserable over on the rock wondering what the fuck this crazy guy's doing. I'm having the time of my life, guys. So we had that. Got up there and the waterfalls and stuff. Then a different day, we went to the mother tree. It's over a thousand years old and it's the biggest tree I've ever seen in my life. I swear... I swear the base of it was just, it's like the size of a whole downstairs house. I think you'd have to have, I don't even know, 50, 100 people holding their freaking hands together to wrap around this thing. And when I went down to Costa Rica, I brought some things with me. I brought one of the rib bones of my dog and I got to bury it in that tree. And I buried it in the roots and I sang it songs. And it was magical because the next day that tree was all lit up and there was fossils in the river that were turning into quartz. So turning from carbon to crystal. And if anybody out there knows about what's going on, about ascension and the different realms and multiverses and the all of that stuff, you would know that we're in the dawn of the golden age and the age of Aquarius. And the split in the timeline is making the carbon structure Ascend to crystalline. And I I seen it in the physical form. I seen that tree take the bones and and shine it up into the ether, up into the sky. There's just a giant antenna. And it wasn't just me, other people seen it too. People were going around taking pictures and like, whoa. And it's the spirit of Yakamama. We're we're coming back. We're we're all ascending. It was one of the most magical experiences of my life. And then while I was doing Qigong, which if you don't know what that is, it's an energy harnessing. You go around and harness all this energy. And when I had harnessed the bones and put them in my <laughs> put the energy of the bones into my body, it filled me with power. I actually puked. And then I turn around, I look at the sun, and I just intake all that frequency suck it into my heart and just blow out pure love, pure light. Just fucking shine bright. It almost seems like it just wasn't even real, but I know it was. So then we get to, uh, let's see, what else did we do? We go in the jungle. We got clay baths. Qigong. The mother tree. Oh, the food. The other thing is putting intention behind everything. When you eat the food, you know, we'd sing this song. It was like, it was, we are circling, circling together. We are singing, singing our hearts out. This is family. This is unity. This is celebration. This is sacred. 
And it seems corny, right? I, I thought it was corny too. Until you do it. Every time you eat. And then when you're done, you say what you're grateful for and about the food. Hey, divine intelligence, I want to talk to you. I want to tell you that I'm grateful for this food and all the hands that have touched it and all the growers who've grown it and the, and the people who harvest it and all the people who've packaged it and moved it in transportation through trucks, ships, and planes to get it to wherever it needed to be so that we can obtain it and then for it to still be here and give us all the fresh nutrition, minerals, and, and vitamins that we need to replenish our bodies and our souls. And I want to command you to receive this offering I give to you. And so it is. And then you eat it. And watch what happens when you do this. When you start to put intention into your life. Yes, it seems corny. I get it. That's because it's not part of our life. So anything that's unfamiliar or uncomfortable is going to seem stupid or silly or dumb. But like I said, you can't learn if you already know. You can't remember if you already know. Because if you truly know, then you would understand how the world works. And maybe some of you guys do. Maybe you, some of you guys are already totally aware that everything is consciousness and that you can use intention and thought and feelings. You can move energy. You can harness energy. You can, you can do whatever you want. But for the ones who don't know, start with something simple. And the thing is, you're not worshiping, okay? This isn't a fucking church. This isn't a cult. I'm not telling you to worship anything. Matter of fact, I'm telling, I'm commanding divine intelligence to do so. I say divine intelligence. I command my spirit guides and my, my, my spirit animals and my dragons and, and all of my metaphysical beings who help me to give me clarity and help me find direction in my life from this point on. And I command you to do so. And so it is. Boom. You see that? That was not a fucking worship. That was me telling the divine what needs to happen because I have that power. And so do you. So do you. All you have to do is start making commands and asking requests. However, the universe works in a give and receive. There must be fairness. You cannot take more than you give and do not think for one second that you can just take things without an offering. You must ask. When you pick a leaf, ask the tree if it's okay to pick that leaf. What if I just walked by and picked your fucking arm right off your body? When you understand that everything has consciousness, you will be way more aware of how you portray yourself and act in this script of a movie that you're in. It's just a play. And you're the character and the producer and the director and the film writer. And the thing is, it's all being written in real time. So at any given moment, you can change how the film will play out. Be the character that you want to be. Now, let's go to the first Aya ceremony. My intention was to remember as much about stones and bones as possible and that... I needed to figure out what 
this Arcturian Council was. Now, for some of you guys, the Arcturian Council is like my own thing. There's like, I, I'm a starseed or something like that. And when I do this test, it comes up with Arcturian. And it used to piss me off because I didn't want to be an Arcturian because they're healers and I wanted to be the warrior. And so I stopped paying attention to it. And then I got back into it. And it was like, oh, it makes sense. I actually am a healer. Stones and Bones is a healer. But when I thought of a healer, I thought of like an ambulance dude. Some guy in a white suit with a red cross on his badge. He's coming to like pick up a dead body. And I was like, that is not me. However, Stones and Bones is. And it all makes sense. And once again, one of the things as I was going down to Costa Rica was that there's going to be an Arcturian council. And, and like I need to be there. There's like a meeting. And so on our first night, my intention was to remember this and to figure out what this council was. Well... It was also interesting because my buddy Johnny, Johnny Martinez, he was like, I don't even know how to explain it, but I had like this deep connection with him. And he's a Leo like me. I'm a Leo. That's my Zodiac. And he's a Leo. And we got to be the gatekeepers is the way that I looked at it, meaning we sat on both sides of the door. Of the Maloka, which is where we hold the ceremony. And it felt right. It felt like two lions at the front step of a palace. No one comes in. No one comes out unless vetted by us. And it was nice because he's there. He knows jujitsu. He's a savage dude. He's big. He's strong. He's powerful. And he has an open heart. And so do I. And so it felt really good to know that like a brother is guarding the door with me. And not that we're going to fucking war or anything like that. But it's just a peace of mind. And you know what? That ceremony, I drank a couple cups of medicine. And I had the time of my life. And it was very clear at the very beginning when I keep going to my intention. Help me remember as much about my soul. I want to learn more about stones and bones. And it was quit seeking approval. Quit seeking approval. You're already doing it. Go fucking do it. And it was weird because that first night, the three biggest dudes went... Uh, a little crazy. Now it was okay. But thank God for me and Johnny. And David and Chris. And Ishelle and Veda. Ishelle and Veda are the two medicine women. Ishelle is the owner of the land. And Veda is one of her best friends. And another beautiful, beautiful soul. Who I also have a connection with. She was my soul sister in the Viking age. She's a golden dragon of mine. Or not of mine, but she has a golden dragon and she's one of... <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. Anyways, I have a connection to her from a long, long, long time ago. Both me and her know it. And it, it became apparent that night. But we'll get into that. 
when these people were going ape shit, me and Johnny needed to step up. And we we did the best that we could. And it was the first time for me where it was like I was totally out of my thinking mind and I was in my element and I was going solely off of my heart and my ability to feel and know where someone's trauma existed in their body was clear as day to me. I could just go to a human being, I could see what was going on, and I could just help them move energy, I could help them extract shit. I I rode with the Vikings, I sang fucking songs, I chanted, I, I would put wood on the fire. When Veda was outside... Um, it's pitch black and there's like all these leaf cutter ants going across the path. And I knew that she was going to walk and step in them. So I run out there and pick her up over my shoulders and make it so she doesn't get bit by any ants. So I can put her back in the Maloka and she can go back to doing her thing and singing her songs without any type of insect bites or bringing in anything. It was just, it was like I had everything already planned out and I was just like going through the motion I don't know it was super super cool it felt like I was just in tune with everything and I was outside underneath the stars and then Johnny was out there and he needed me and I had like got on his back and was doing energy work blowing smoke up of his up his spine I was Tapping his solar plexus. I was doing all of these things that to a normal person would be like, what the fuck is going on and what are these guys doing? But under the medicine as a shaman, I knew exactly what the fuck I was doing. And he knew it too. And it got to the point where I said, I'm going to straddle you. He's sitting down on the on his ass on the grass and I put my put my feet around him. And I think this is one of the most powerful moments I've ever experienced in my life. But I got to hold a brother. And I got to tell him everything's going to be okay. And that I got him. I got his back. And he can just fucking melt. And I'll carry him until he can get the courage and energy to get back on his own feet. And I think that was the first time in Johnny's life he's ever had a man be able to hold him when he was down. When he didn't have much going on and he was in the thick of the th- fucking trenches he's never had a brother to not judge him and to make fun of him and to squash him down in the mud more and I didn't do that I helped him and for the amount of times that I've been on someone's back in jujitsu that is my shit I get on people's back and I choke them out And this time I got to be on someone's back and use all of that knowledge of being able to harness that power. And instead of using it to kill a man, I got to use it to embrace pure fucking power and love. And it cracked his heart open in a good way for it to penetrate out into the world, for him to be able to beam crystal quartz frequency out of his chest everywhere he goes he emits pure love 
because he is a true warrior. And he allowed himself to do that. I just helped him, but I cannot heal him. He healed himself. And in that particular moment, he remembered how to self-heal. And during that, I got caught in between this star and the fire outside, the campfire. And I was like in between them. And then I was told, this is the Arcturian Council. You're not going to the stars. This is it. You're doing it. You're out here doing it under the stars with your brothers. You're healing and they're healing. And then at that point, I had given out too much and I wasn't receiving. And Johnny starts smacking on the bottom of my feet. And he's like, we're going to, we're going to get these puppies going. We're going to start receiving. Let's, let's start smacking them. And he got my, my receptors on the bottom of my feet, which is where we receive. And he started smacking them and he got them, he got them going again so that I could recharge and, and go again. And then there was another time when we were inside and we were dancing. We were just having the fucking time of our lives doing our thing and all of a sudden, I felt his heart needed to, I don't know how to explain it, you guys. I needed to work on his heart. <laughs> and so I just started pulling the energy and started started finessing it and morphing it and, and extracting. And then he opened his chest up and it was like, ah. And if you want to know more from his point of view, like I said, go listen to his podcast. He talks about all this stuff from his point of view. I can only tell you from my point of view of what I was doing. But I don't know what it felt like for him. So then we're outside and it was like we were soul brothers. We are, we have a deep, deep soul connection and that we've been doing this for lifetimes together. It was very clear that night. This is not the first time that we've done this. We could fucking work without even talking. And like sometimes he would be the guy that needs to do it because I'm not I'm not the right person. And sometimes vice versa. I would be the right person and he would not. And then sometimes we both need to be there. And there was this time. <coughs> this fucking cracks me up, you guys. We're out under the stars around the campfire. And all of a sudden, I get this feeling that I need to go and check on my mom. And so I look at Johnny, and I go, Mom needs us. And he's like, Roger that. So then we go in there. We sit down. We sit in front of her. We start working with her, sending her love, giving her healing, just holding space for her. We do it for like 30 minutes or something. I have no idea about time. And then we just, oh, we're exhausted. So we lay down. And I don't know how much time goes by, but I look over and I see my mom sitting up and I'm like, that doesn't fucking look like my mom. Oh my God, what's going on? Am I tripping out? That's not my mom, man. That does not look like my mom. And I'm like, oh man, I must be high as fuck or something. And I'm like, dude, my mom has like brown and black hair. That is not true. My mom has like purple blonde silver hair and then I realized it wasn't my mom it actually wasn't my mom and I start laughing my ass off I turn over I'm tapping Johnny 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 he's like what bro 
Mike, dude, remember when I said we needed to help my mom? He's like, yeah, I go, we didn't sit in front of my mom. We sat in front of someone else. <laughs> oh, it was fucking hilarious. But obviously that's what needed to happen. And uh, that person needed it more than my mom. So that was a cool thing. And ultimately, I learned that if I want to continue remembering about myself, I have to just continue going on this journey and to trust myself and to keep doing what I'm doing and to follow this path. And at this point, it's not so much about more knowledge. It's about taking the knowledge I have and applying it and gaining wisdom out of it. And that was pretty much it. And that I'm a master weaver, which obviously a lot of people don't understand what that is. But if you've listened to other of my um, podcasts, I've talked about the web of weird and how we live in this web. And each person has the ability to weave their own web inside the web of weird. And that web is your reality that you live in. And that one of my abilities is that I'm a master weaver. I can see spells and threads and weaves that are not very good or falling apart or not truth. And I can pull them out and help stitch a truth thread in because a truth thread or a truth weave can never be rewritten as the truth is the one permanent thing. It's the truth. It's the constant frequency. Now it can be veiled which happens all the time. But being veiled and being pulled out is is two different things. So truth can't be pulled out. Truth can only be covered and veiled. And so it was clear to me that I am a master at that. Now, I don't want that to sound like cocky or anything. That's just That's just what it is. That's one of my abilities. I also suck at a lot of shit too. So I'm a human. If you think of the the oak tree, does the oak tree not tell the blueberry bush he's an oak tree and worry that the blueberry bush is going to feel inferior? He's like, no, I'm fucking 200 feet tall. I'm 550 years old, and I grow thousands of acorns every single year. Is that cocky? No. It just is. And the blueberry says, I'm six feet tall, and I grow blue blueberries. And when my blueberries fall off and my leaves fall off and it's fall, my branches turn red. Does that hurt the oak tree because the oak tree's branches don't turn red? No, it just is. Now, if they're boasting all the time and the oak tree's like, ha ha, look how big I am and dropping branches on him and being a fucking dickhead, then that's different because he's using it as, as a bully tactic. But it's perfectly okay to say what something is. And these are the things I'm remembering about myself. So that was the first night. It was awesome. It was fantastic. It was everything and more than I can expect. And I think everybody had a whether it was a hard time or, or not, I think everyone could is, is grateful for that experience. Then we go to integration. And in integration is the next day where we talk about everything. 
and we talk about what we experienced and and how we felt and and all of that stuff and it is so powerful you guys it is the most powerful thing because a lot of times when you take the medicine people don't think anything's happening people don't some people don't feel anything some people literally turn into like insects and dragons and shit and roam around like that for hours and then there's other people who lay there on their mat and think that mm, there's nothing even going on so every journey every experience is always unique to the individual but where i see it all kind of come together in the pot is in the integration circle the following day because that is when you share your experience and the things that you felt that you were alone with or isolated with or that you only you thought it was only you will be resonated with amongst the peers and you realize that you're not alone and through the shares of the different experiences helps you build together your puzzle there's 144 sides of the truth and what resonates with me or if i'm speaking in this podcast resonates with you that's great but if it doesn't then what are you going to do well what if you listen to somebody else and they are literally telling you the same exact things that i'm telling you just from a different view from their angle their perspective and it does resonate with you well then that helps so when you have a, a, a multitude of people there all speaking the truth what happens is maybe you don't resonate with this person, but you do with this and it starts to build and then you can go back and be like, oh, now I see what that guy was saying and it does resonate with me. And the emotions are immense. And that day I learned what taking on everybody's energy was like as a empath, as a shaman, as, as somebody who gets to travel the realms and walk the line between the world of the dead and the world of the, the gods. Um, I'm an open vessel to energy. And what was happening is I was tuning in and holding space for each individual. And I was allowing their energy to come through me. And I wasn't processing it in the best way that I could. I thought that I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, but it became ridiculous. And it was like, I'm crying and I'm laughing and, and I can tell that it's not even mine. So like this one particular woman is bawling her eyes out, which is making me bawl my eyes out because I'm not going to suppress it or else it will make me sick, literally physically sick. So I'm letting the tears come out. But then on the inside, I'm laughing because I can watch myself cry somebody else's emotions while knowing that it's not mine while also watching all of it happen at the same time. And it was just a very, very interesting feeling. But then I realized after talking with David, David Price, that it's all just a story. That's not true. I don't need to take it on. And it makes me a less efficient healer if I am taking it on like that. Because... If I'm spending all my energy and time purging up everybody else's stale, negative, heavy energy, then I don't have time to go around transmuting positive energy and helping heal whoever needs to be healed or, or helping 
heal and give my time and energy to whoever it's best suited for. And so then I just break the story. I don't need to do that anymore. I definitely don't want to put a wall up because then that's suppressing my emotion. That's suppressing my emotions and suppressing my own powers. My powers is to be able to feel all things to be able to feel the energy. So when I'm holding space for another human, if me and you are talking one-on-one, I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to be listening and I'm going to be ingesting all of your spells that you're casting at me. Except for if you try to harm me, I will block them. But you get what I'm saying. If I ingest the spells and then I don't I don't make it clear between what my energy is and your energy is. I start to mix the two, and now I don't know what's mine and what is yours. So what I do is I say, okay, how am I feeling? I'm feeling like this. Pretty grounded, centered, aligned, good, happy, grateful, blessed, powerful, magical, yada, yada, yada. And so it is. That's Tyler's energy. Anything Different than that is not mine. So therefore, I will let it move through me, knowing it is not mine, and I will simply send it back out, transmute it with love. I feel the dark energy come in, and I transmute it with love and life. Boom, I send it back out. And sure, there's still going to be some gnarly ones that get through. I have to purge, burp, puke, fucking whatever it is, yawn, fart, cry. But for the most part, I would say 98%, 95%, I can just transmute it with breath and thought. So that was a big learning lesson for me too. Because, you know, as a healer, as an energetic healer, there isn't really a school to go to or a website to go to. Like, it's pretty much like, I got to figure this out on my own. I do have teachers and mentors and healers and and shamans and maestros that I have been in contact with who have taught me so much. But at the end of the day, it's all me doing firsthand experience and seeing what works and what doesn't. So then the next time after that was the second ceremony and I'm going to take a break real quick and we'll go into the second ceremony and we'll continue from there. Okay. So I was going on about the second night, but on break, I was thinking about in between the first ceremony and the second ceremony after integration. I don't remember Fuck, I don't even remember what day it was. But I think it was this day. We did something called havening. And I personally had never done it before. But I seen how well it worked. And essentially what it is, is our body has the ability to self-heal. I sound like a broken record. I understand. But I need it to be out in the universe That we humans, remember, we are capable of self-healing. But there's ways to do that that are not 
difficult. And like I said before, too, you do not need to ingest these plants or take ayahuasca or mushrooms or whatever it is in order to heal. That's just simply not the case. And there was proof that I seen firsthand when I was there down at the retreat. I heard my phone go off and I don't want to hear it. Okay. During the havening process, I watched healing from deep trauma happen just by getting our body and mind to do certain things. In order to self-heal, we need to get into a certain brainwave. Our brain has certain frequencies, certain waves that depending on what frequency we're in is how our brain works and perceives to operate. We have alpha, gamma, beta, delta, theta. And there's other ones, but those are the ones that just came to me off the top of my head. When you're in the delta frequency brainwave, that's the brainwave that self-heals. So we can get ourselves into that frequency by the havening process, which if you'd like to learn more about, you can either get a hold of me or David Price. I'm not an expert in it by any means. However, I have done it now with some of my clients and at the Costa Rica retreat where uh, within five to 10 minutes, they have released trauma that has been there all the way back to 18 months of age. So I personally know it works. I've done it. I've seen it. It's, it's not a difficult process. If you're interested in it, get a hold of me. So when I seen this happen on this particular woman, and she had explained what she's seen, I immediately felt her. I immediately knew that something was going on between me and her, and it was a deep soul-sister connection. Prior to all of these, or prior to this retreat, at my last heart ceremony... I had a meditation that I went into where I was told to get on a boat and that a spirit animal was going to come take me to the shore or to an island or something. When I did this, I had a Viking boat, of course. Um, I couldn't see the whole thing, and it took me a while for any type of guide or spirit animal to come, but ultimately this water dragon came and started towing my boat brought me to this jungle, got off the boat, and there was a monkey waiting for me. The monkey told me to follow him into the jungle, and I did down this path, and there was this pyramid that was gold and all lit up. And the doors were already open, and it was lit up inside. In the meditation, I was told to go inside and to look for the torch on the left to light up the room. Only for me, it was already all lit up. I forged a dragon key with a certain type of, uh, you know, like the, not the key part that goes into the lock, but the handle part, recently for my healer. And in that pyramid, the back of the chair that was in the center of it that I was supposed to sit on was in the same 
shape as the handle of the key that I had forged for her. Then she told me to look up and receive my gift. And so I did. And there was these two golden dragons spinning around. And I was like, hmm, I don't know what they are, but they're fucking cool. Well, there's something about the jungle that when I went there, it made me feel like, like I don't even know what this is, but there's something to this. And when this girl said that she had seen gold dripping down after she had healed, it instantly made me think of this golden pyramid and these golden dragons. So keep that in mind for where the story goes on. Then I work with this guy who is a cop in, I believe, Minnesota. I'm not going to say his name. Very, very cool human being. Matter of fact, he never drank ayahuasca one time when we were there. He never ingested any type of plant medicine uh, as far as a psychedelic. However, he got all of the healing he needed because, like I said, not everybody needs the plants in the same way that other people do. And in this particular time, the night before, I'm going to give a shout out to him because he's one of the most brave, courageous, honorable human beings I've ever met in my life. It was the night before first ceremony and he happened to walk by the tent and me and Johnny were standing there with my mom. And he looks all distraught. I ask him if he's okay. And he says he was looking for David and he couldn't find him. I asked him if everything's all right and like, you know, is there any way I could help? And he said he didn't feel like he was supposed to drink the medicine. And so we talked about it and we went over it and ultimately it came down to he didn't feel that he was supposed to drink the medicine. And he left. And I remember thinking, that guy is the most courageous person out of all of us. He just went to the two most savage dudes in the whole group. Sides for David Hayes. Shout out, buddy. <laughs> but two, two of the savages in the group and told us man to man, face to face. I don't think I'm going, or I'm not going to go with you guys tonight. And he stood with it and he stood in his truth. And he didn't need it. And for that, man, that is so fucking admirable and inspirational to me. Like, no matter what, follow your heart. And he knew in his heart that he didn't need it. And he followed it, and it was a-okay. And then he had the balls to come back to integration and talk. And then we were doing this, and we did a havening process. And I told him to go back into whatever traumas that it was. And we walked through this thing, and boom, it released and it blew his mind. It blew my mind. And I was like, wow, this shit is powerful. What us humans are able to do and what we are capable of when we understand how to manipulate reality through frequency, energy, and vibration. This world becomes exponentially more beautiful, awesome, and magical. So, the havening process... Matter of fact, I just did one two days ago with one of my clients who came and and hers was back, you know, she's my age or a little a little bit elder than me and she had trauma all the way back to 18 months old and boom, we went back there and we and and, and I walked with her and she she learned how to say remembered how to save herself. 
and picked that little 18 month old and gave it love and held its hand. And now she's whole again. And that's no, that's not any plants. That's literally just remembering how to, to, to do wizardry and, and, and true magic, not illusions like David Blaine and Chris, Chris Angel or whoever you see on TV. That's, that's like show entertainment illusion. Magic is real. Magic is not that, and real magic is subtle. It's not what you think it is. However, it's very real. So now let's get into night two. Vanessa had been telling me the whole time to write in my journal, and I knew I was supposed to, but it had been like four days, and I just I don't even fucking know. I had so many things going on, and my mind spinning a million miles an hour. I just, I couldn't, I didn't want to journal, but it was getting to be night two and I felt like it was important for me to journal down what I had because I was going to go into a whole nother thing and I didn't want to forget. So I started jotting things down or no, no, let me retract. I start, I get up to my tent and I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden, I see something go out, like run right by my tent. And I was like, what was that? It looked big. And I look out, and I see it running up into the jungle. And I thought I was the only one to see it, but I didn't know what it was. I thought it was a jaguar cub. And my mom was down the path a little bit at the, the open showers. And I was like, oh, shit. Maybe I need to go out there. I don't want that. I don't want a jaguar to maul my mom. So that's why I was standing out there. But I realized that it didn't didn't go that way it turned right and it went up into the jungle and so i'm standing there just thinking like huh what was that it was like kind of big it was like red it had a white tail and all of a sudden uh like my neighbor girl nicole comes out on her deck and she's all did you see that and i go yeah i did she goes oh my god it was a monkey and immediately i'm like what the hell a monkey just ran right by my tent so I start talking to her and I, you know, we both admire what we just experienced and she starts crying and I'm sitting there just in awe of whatever's going on, taking it all in, being present in the moment, enjoying my life. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to get ready and journal and get ready to go up to ceremony here in a little bit. And so I go in and I grab my journal for the first time and I go to open it up and a note pops out. And the notice from Vanessa and it's an, I love, you know, you know, I'm thinking about you holding space for you, yada, 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 all the good stuff. And at the bottom it says, PS, I hope you find your dragons. And all of a sudden I'm like, Hey, I had this thing where I'm going to go to the jungle. I'm going to be met by a monkey. The monkey's going to go into the jungle or like wants me to follow into the forest. And in there is a golden pyramid and my dragons are back there. And now it just happened in real life. And my note just gave me reassurance. But still your mind's like, what the fuck, dude? Maybe I'm just making all this shit up. So I go up to ceremony and I'm told that the first night I gave way too much. Or not, I did, sorry, I take that back. I didn't give way too much. The first night I gave and it's my time to receive. So don't tend the fire. 
you know, be mindful of everybody's energy fields. Try not to talk. If you go out to the fire, you know, just look into the portal of the flames and really try and receive the gift that you're ready to receive. And so, of course, at first it's like, oh, because receiving so hard, you know, at least it is for me, but I'm learning, I'm learning to love it. But it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And then I had to fight some emotions and it was like, okay, whatever, this is right. I came all the way to the jungle for a specific reason. And each day is adding up to the whole conclusion of things. So if I'm told that this is what needs to happen right now, then that is what needs to happen right now. That's receiving, not me saying, nope, I want to do it my way. That's not receiving. That's penetrating again. So. We take the medicine. Oh, in this night, also, there's a there's a, a dude there. Uh, there's Ishel, there's Veda, and now there's a dude named Dustin, and he's a rad motherfucker. I loved him. He had good energy. He was, he was, he has magic, and I like his moves. I like his style. Which made it way more calm. Because the male energy mellowed out the craziness quite a bit. And and so that was interesting to see the difference in energies when it's just women compared to a woman and a man. Or two women and a man. But I felt like I couldn't really feel anything. I would drink. I'd get up. And oh man, I'd drink more medicine. And I'd get up. And I'd go outside by the fire. And I'd walk back. And I'd walk in. And I started feeling like... I was in a mental prison. And in this mental prison, I couldn't get out. All I wanted to do, you guys, was walk down and smoke a joint and eat watermelon. I didn't want to do anything crazy. I didn't want to, I didn't, I just wanted to be in peace. I wanted to go smoke a joint and eat some watermelon, listen to the jungle and the life within it. But, because I am in a ceremony and I agreed through contract via words that I would stay within these parameters until the ceremony closed. I have a spiritual contract of karma that must be upheld. So I'm battling myself of do I keep, do I just fucking walk past this, this metaphysical wall that, I've helped build with the medicine women and everyone else or <laughs> do I do the opposite? And it started to drive me insane because I felt like I was in a video game where all I had was like this little tent where I could have a cot and lay down and there was music playing and it was dark in there. There was only like a candle in the middle or you could walk this little gravel path to this patch of grass that did have a beautiful view and a nice sky, but there's just a fire. Now there's people, but they you can't interact with them. You can't connect with them. You can't talk with them. There is no giving at all. And so I'd go out to the fire and it would be like smoldering. But then I wasn't allowed to put wood on it. So I would just stand there and be like, what the fuck? 
And then I'd see someone standing there, but I wasn't allowed to talk to them. So it was like complete isolation with everything around me. And I started to realize that I'm experiencing pure boredom. There's nothing to do. So then my mind started going wild. I wanted to scout people. I was literally like, I'm going to rearrange this place then. If these people are just going to be here, they have no souls. You can't interact with them. Not allowed to do anything. Just going to scalp them and fucking put their bones and in, in their head into the fire. And then I'm going to take their femur bones and I'm going to start drumming on their head in the fire and chanting songs so that we can liven this place up a little bit. And then I would think, <laughs> oh man, you got some wicked thoughts, Tyler. They're going to open up ceremony in, or close ceremony in a little bit. And then we can go down and smoke as many joints and, 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 and eat watermelon if that's what you so choose to do. And I would battle between my wicked thoughts of boredom and wanting to rebel and break rules and doing what the higher mind, the ascended master part of me should do. And that's deal with my emotions. And what it was is I had to learn how to flow like water, like Yakamama. There was no craziness that was going to help make the situation better. The chaos, the fire in itself was making me lose my mind. But when I would listen to, I'm going to say, the elves give direct blueprints to the dwarves, meaning the ascended masters are giving direction to the subconscious mind. I knew that if I breathed and I enjoyed the present moment and what I had and was grateful for what I had at that moment, that ultimately that metaphysical wall that I made a contract would end and it wouldn't be too long. However, under the medicine, it felt like four fucking years, or not four years, four lifetimes. It felt like forever, but I followed through. And what I gained was the ability to learn how to harness the element of water or the beginning of it. I at least got a taste of it. And what that is, is to deal with your emotions, the mastery of emotions, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast. I think I did. I might have been the last podcast, but I'm going to say it again. The God Frere is the, the God of, of the elves, of Alfheim, the realm Alfheim. There's nine realms on the world tree of Yggdrasil, and Alfheim is where the elves live, and that's the ascended masters. And the God Frere is the ruler of that realm. And there's a statue of him with an erect phallus, in meditation and that means that he has mastered his primal instincts and his root desires he doesn't cut it off he doesn't kill it he accepts it he does meditation with it and when meditation is done he may then go use his phallus one is not better than the other one should not be killed 
regardless of whether it's the meditation or the erect phallus, they should be embraced as a whole and used and harnessed when necessary. And that's what I was learning. I have emotions. All my emotions are good. And it's completely okay for me to have these thoughts of wanting to scalp these people and bang their femurs over their skull on the fire while I chant songs and have a good old time. Does that mean I'm going to do it? No. No, I'm not going to do it. Because it's not, it's just thoughts. It's just my mind making up stories because it has nothing else to do. But I'm in control. So therefore, I pick and choose what I do. And what I chose to do was learn to harness the element of water to kiss the fire inside of me, since that's my primary element. And as they make love, it helps me breathe and ground and become in alignment. And therefore, I can be present and know that I'm making the right decision in the long term, which will better suit me and help me live a better life. And so it is. And that's what happened. And that was my main lesson. And I love every single person there. Every single one of them was a part of it. I would never harm or hurt any of you ever. I'm always on your team. You can get a hold of me any fucking time. You have a place to stay. You have a shoulder to lean on. You have a brother to fight with. A brother to feast with. A brother to love. I'm here for each and every one of you. Without you, I wouldn't have been able to do it. So I had to run the program. I had to learn the lesson. I had to be taught how to harness these powers. Because as we increase in our energetic bodies and our souls and we become the almighty, we need to be able to harness that power and use it justly or else we will either destroy ourselves or other things around us. And that is not cool. So... With that being said, the next night we had integration and we went through all of this and I'm thinking about my dragons and my meditation and I get this calling to uh, get a massage. <clears throat> so we did integration and I learned that I didn't need to take on other people's energies and that I could just do a... Uh, simple method of of transmuting their energy into love again and i didn't have to deal with anybody's energy i didn't purge really anybody's so that was quite cool for me to be able to learn that lesson as well and then i went and i got this massage and when i got this massage it was more than just a massage it was energy work as well and it had i felt like it pushed the medicine deep into my tissues well the next morning, we were going to do the Tezmescal Sweat Lodge, which is an indigenous tribe from Mexico, I believe, who does sweat lodges. And these sweat lodges um, are the most gnarly fucking thing, but the most beautiful thing. It was absolutely wild. However, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And I was actually quite excited to do it because I thought, I was going to be able to do it with ease. Well, early in the morning, we get up and we go to do the sweat lodge. And the sweat lodge is put on by a dude named Sergio, his wife, and I don't know if I, another woman. 
and they have been doing this for a decade and a half or longer. And essentially, it's just like this igloo-type thing they build, and they put tarps over it. They have a, a hole in the middle that has stones that are hot that get put into it, and then everyone gets inside. It's pitch fucking black, and you're shoulder-to-shoulder, nut-to-butt, two rows, so you're just packed in there like sardines. And it's a deprivation tank, and it's hot, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into. So we get smudged, we get in there, we, we, it's already hot, it's like 85 degrees outside in the jungle with who knows what humidity percentage, and now we have this giant fire outside of the sweat lodge, we're all packed in the sweat lodge, there's a hole in the middle, and Sergio's like, you know, Amiga, la medicina. And then she brings in uh, a stone. And then you take some of the root or whatever uh, plant or bark or root or the herb that they're using. And you'll put a, a intention into it. And then you'll burn it on the stone like, like love. And put that stone in the, in the middle. Amiga, la medicina. Brings another stone. Grab a different root or, or another root. Trust. Burn it onto the stone. Put it in. And then you have four doors for the four elements. You're going to do this four different times. And it's going to be past, present, future. And then one last, like, your, your final call. Well, good Lord, you guys. It's got to be the hardest thing that I've ever fucking done in my life. We get in there, and I think that it's going to be easy, and that is just simply not the case. I got throttled. And I know, looking back, it had to happen this way, because if it didn't happen that way, I wouldn't have learned my lesson. I'm too stubborn. I'm too hard-headed. My pride gets in, my, and my pride and ego gets in the way a lot. And I would have thought of that I was like, king shit or something but no no that's not the way spirit knew spirit was like now we're gonna do it like this so he has no choice but to surrender so we go in there on the first door and the first door is i i think it was air i want to say it was air that was the element direction of west i think i don't know everyone's different for me it's west is air but it doesn't matter and that was the past. And that was so hard for me. My past is just wicked hard for me to deal with. And I fucking felt like I was dying. And it's pitch black. And I'm built for the land of ice and snow. And it felt like I was in the womb of Mother Earth. Which is what they say it represents as the sweat lodge. So then it opens up. And then the next one is like the present and the present was it was so hot and it was like pissing me off and I felt the same feelings I felt the night before like when I did the second Aya ceremony about being in a in a metaphysical prison and being trapped and having to deal with my emotions well this time I was in like a physical prison being trapped dealing with my emotions meaning I just wanted to get the fuck out and get water on me and drink some water and like not be in there 
Well, it was, it was making me want to rage. And so I wanted to chant and sing my songs and, ah, and be pissed off. But all that did was increase my heart rate, which once my heart rate increased, my breath got all wonky. Once my breath was wonky, I started getting lightheaded. And once I got lightheaded, I was going to pass the fuck out. And I remember not knowing what to do. And all of a sudden, I started bagging Yakamama to come in and kiss and make love to the fire dragon in me. I don't know what to do, but apparently I'm having to learn this lesson again in a different way. I need to figure out how to harness my emotions. My emotions are going to kill me. It's literally going to kill me. I have to figure out how to deal with this. And when I don't even remember, I was like blacked out. I'm pretty sure I fucking died in there. I don't remember the doors after this point. I remember I'd pass out and then someone would hit me and be like, hey, we got to wake back up and do it again. And it would be like, okay. And I'd go in. And I remember at one point, my head just got thrown flat down. I'm like sitting on my ass with my knees to my chest and my head just plopped to my left hip. My shoulder is straight into the ground. My arm... My left arm is like under my chest, crossed me. So my shoulders down, my arms across my body, and my teeth are in the fucking mud. And it feels like there's a boot on the back of my head holding me down, saying, Listen, motherfucker, when you don't know what to do and you're becoming neurotic. And you're about to blow your fucking lid and kill yourself. You need to remember how to ground. And if you can't remember how to ground. I'm going to show you how. This is it. Get on all fours and put your fucking face on the earth. And once you can get your breath. And your heart rate back underneath you. Then you can make a decision. But when you're out of fucking control like you just were stuck in your root chakra of the fighter flight the fuck fighter feast the erect phallus and having no clue how to harness it you're gonna kill yourself and it was like oh my god okay and i just laid there well i remember also before that as I was just speaking that, this is what came up before that. I remember feeling like I was getting ready for war. And so I, in my mind, my imagination, I tried to turn myself into the most badass warrior and shapeshift into like a wolf being. So Vikings would transmute or transform into a berserker, which would be of a bear. Well... There's also a different one, which is of a wolf, and that is the one that I am. Or that I feel represents me. However, the in the, in the sweat lodge, <laughs> it was like, yeah, but you're going to go against yourself. So now I just made myself as badass as possible, and I had to fight myself. That was also what made this experience so difficult, is I had to be shown what it's like to fight myself. And the more badass I make me, the more harder it is 
to win and you'll never actually kill it off because it's a part of you. And so what would have been better was from the very beginning to surrender, strip down naked and become friends. But I had to go through this process of getting my fucking face drugged through the mud. When I came out of that experience, I felt like I was born a new man. It was one of the most powerful things I'd ever done in my life. It literally felt like I was reborn. Like I was in a womb and I was in the dark and I was enlightened. And once I was enlightened, I could go out and grow in the new world and let the sunshine blossom me and let my soul just fucking shine bright. Because that's what we all are, is just a ball of light. Pure love, pure bliss, pure energy. And at our core, we should always be shining. So when the sun came out and I was out there, it was like, oh my God, I had double-fisted watermelon mashing in my mouth, getting sprayed off by the hose. After that, we went down to the river, got butt-ass fucking naked with the medicine women, Johnny, David, Chris. We all got fucking naked. And just put blue clay all over our bodies. We look like avatars. And no, it wasn't gay. It wasn't homo. It wasn't nothing like that. It was the most rad fucking experience I've ever I've ever been involved in. You want to know why? Because people were being fucking real. We were wild animals. You don't see the raven putting a fucking jacket on, do you? Do you see the cow walking around with trousers or the bunny rabbit with mittens? No. We do that to keep warm and, and, and protect ourselves. But at the end of the day, if you want to truly love yourself and truly respect yourself, you have to be okay with this body that you're in. And for me, I had some insecurities, some big insecurities. And I had to be shown through the universe that, okay, the medicine helped me shine light on these problems. But now when you're back in your normal life, how are you going to now deal with them? Well, one of them is if you want to be your true self, then you got to be able to be naked in front of anybody. I understand that's very difficult. It's very difficult for me too. But if I wanted to get what I, what I came here to get, I must pass these tests. And so therefore, I did strip butt ass naked. <coughs> I did this on two separate occasions on two different days. And... One of the days, I was like shy and kind of went up around the corner. And then I sat down and then spirit was like, no, you're bitching out. You're bitching out. You're fearful. You're not facing your fears. Turn around and face everybody and close your eyes and look up at the sun and spread your arms out and let it be. And I did. And so it is. And I sat down in a little pool, naked. And some My buddy comes up around the corner, and he's got this fucking rock, this fossil, showing me vertebrae of some <laughs> Yakamama dragon. He's like, bro, check this out. doesn't even bat eye that I'm butt-ass naked. My cock and balls are sitting there right in his face because it doesn't matter. It's not about that. Your dog's cock and balls is in your face all day long, too. Do you sit there and feel weird about it? No. It was a wild, magical experience. Even the women. 
And no, it wasn't about sex. It was brothers and sisters. We fucking rubbed clay all over each other. I had people rubbing clay on my back. I'm rubbing clay on people's back. There's love. There's kisses. There's cries. And most people would hear this and think, wow, what a bunch of tree-hugging, faggot, commune, hippie motherfuckers. Well, if that's what you think, then so be it. You can think whatever you want. But I know what I experienced, and the people there know what they experienced. And it's something of this world that has been suppressed that we are scared of because of vulnerability. But when you build a tribe of the right human beings, you will see that the way we're supposed to be, pure nature, pure innocence, pure bliss, pure love, pure power, pure unity, while being simultaneously each uniquely individual of one another. This earth will work in ways you could never imagine. It's like connecting into the coolest thing there ever could be. And that became clear that day. And once again, Veda, Ishel, David... Emma, Nicole, all of Janine, Johnny, Mom, Michael, Marco, Tim, Tyrone, Sheena, all you guys, all you guys, Ilya, Kyle, David, Hayes, or Hay. Probably fucked it up. Sorry, buddy. I want you to know that I think about you guys every day. All of you. All of you. I miss you. I hope you're all doing well. I'll send you love. I'll send you power. Keep on keeping on, guys. Fucking crush it. Show the world. Show them your magic. So then after that, we wrapped up. We said love, we said goodbye, we, we, we did all these things, you know. We became a family, spiritual family, soul family. Deep, deep connections that I truly believe a lot of people, they, they don't even know what that is. But I hope that through my message and through the other people's message and through my experience, that it might plant a seed for a tree to grow that allows you to blossom and find your sole purpose and what the reason you came here on, on earth to do. Because I promise you, there's more to what's going on than what you believe. And if you believe that you have power and you have the ability to create the best life you could ever imagine. You can make it happen. So when we left there. We stayed an extra day. And um, we went down to. I think it's called Vita Beach. I could be wrong. But it looks like a whale tail. When it tides out, the two like the two parts of the ocean 
split and it becomes this looks like a whale of a of a or a tail of a whale. You type in on Google Costa Rica um, whale tail beach, it'll pop up. And me and Johnny and my mom and Nicole all went down there and had a blast. We went in the ocean. We walked out on the tail at low tide. We we it was like a portal. You went out there and we hung out, and then the tide was coming in and the oceans were colliding as it was like fucking knee deep as we're running back or not running but like walking back to shore and when we get back to shore you look back out into the ocean and it's all gone it's just ocean there's no more beach it's like we just walked back from a portal reborn again for the 10th time in the last week (coughs) so that was really cool we had food we met up with the norwegians Um, we had this crazy little hotel room that had terrible energy had to cleanse that shit um it was just a magical time and life-changing and i know every person who was involved had a life-changing experience i plan on going to the retreat Every year that I can, I'm already trying to figure out how I'm going to make it there in January. Remember, this is We the Medicine Foundation with David and Janine Price. You can find them online. I'll I'll put their links below. They have Instagram. I'll link it all in there if you're curious. They're wonderful, amazing human beings. If you have any questions at all, make sure to contact them. They love to, to, to talk and help. So don't feel that you're a burden. Don't feel that you're, you know, not worthy of their time or anything like that. If you feel inclined at all about any of this, if it resonates with you, make sure you get a hold of them. That was my experience in Costa Rica. It was everything and more I could have imagined. It was something that is indescribable in words. It feels like a fairy tale. Now that it's been this, uh, you know, this many days since I've been home, my brain wants to pretend like I made a bunch of shit up and uh, what I experienced wasn't real and did that really happen? And that's just our mind trying to grasp shit that's not of the human. (laughs) I know what I experienced. And I'm forever grateful for it because I can't wait for the future. I plan on continuing helping as many people as possible. I plan on teaching as many modalities as I can to help other people unlock their powers so that they can go in their communities and within their families and start spreading truth and love and connection in in really really bringing in harmony amongst not just humans but the beasts the wind the stone the trees the fire the 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 trolls the moss the sticks the bugs all of it it's all working together and when you talk to it and you make intentions and you ask to be part of it it will absolutely help you that's all it wants to do 
but nature will never impose on your free will. You always get free will. If you want to listen to the universal sound and be able to dissect and interpret the universal language, you must be still. You must listen and listen very carefully for the universal energy is subtle. It is not harsh. It is not direct. It is not dense like this 3D world. It comes in different forms. It comes in the forms of a feeling. It comes in the form of a smell. It comes in the form of a thought. It comes in the form of a knowing. It comes in the form of a vision. It comes in the form of the universe. Listen to it. Listen to what your soul says. What does it speak to you? Do you feel happy? Do you want more? Are you wounded? Are you lost? Do you want wisdom? Are you looking to learn new tools? Do you want to figure out what elements are? Do you want to figure out what spirituality is? Do you want to figure out your soul purpose? Do you want to find clarity? Think about it. If you have these questions, that's what I'm here for. And I know that if you have the bravery and courage to actually reach out to me, that you will be able to make a noticeable difference in a very short time, which will absolutely cannonball the direction of your life in the direction of happiness, joy, pleasure, fun, excitement, enthusiasm, and thrivingness, if that's a word. <laughs> so that's been a long podcast. I hope you like the story. I hope you enjoy the experience. Please share the show with anybody that you think could benefit from it. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me, compassionatevikingpodcast at gmail.com. I love talking to you. I love helping. And if you want to work with me about any of the modalities that I talked about, make sure to get a hold of me via Instagram or email, whatever you feel is, is easier for you. I'll see you guys next week. Later.